0: We'll see if my voice holds up. Been in and out uh, for the last couple of days, so we'll see. Hopefully, it withstands the uh, the torture of having to talk and lead. I'm so good to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just prop myself up more on a goddamn pedestal. Uh, so
1: humble, too. Yeah,
0: super humble. I'm the humblest. <laughs> facts from the geek Out Heroes. The Smurfs is directly based off of how big government treats black communities, specifically Compton. <laughs> <laughs> Was it is it Gargamel? Is that the guy? Yeah. 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 The the tortures the the Smurfs. That's 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 the government always trying to bring him down. What an asshole. <laughs> In 2011, theorizing that one could make an entertaining podcast. The geekout heroes stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. When they awoke, they found themselves trapped in your present, facing political correctness and social justice warriors who were determined to kill humor and joy. Now the GOH are driven by an unknown force to laugh in the face of stupidity and make jokes anyway. Their only guide on this journey is Steve, a listener from their own time, who seems to be just as deranged as they are, and so the geek out heroes find themselves leaping from topic to topic, trying to set right what once went wrong, and hoping each time their next cast will be better than the last. Welcome to the Geek Out Heroes. This is Vario.
1: This is Josiah.
0: Miles. Anderson. And let's start off with a little bit of controversy. Um, Netflix, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> um, a lot of people are asking this. Tons of people are asking this. Your, your trailer for your your movie called Cuties, and it, for those of you who think it's, we're talking about the, if you think we're talking about the the child zombie movie, no, that's that's Cuties. Uh, this is cuties. Um, it, it was voted. The, the trailer was voted to hell. I mean, it was voted 500,000 down votes to like, I think, 17,000 up votes. And those 17,000 up votes, I think uh, a good chunk of those people might need to be looked at by the FBI. Just the thought process, uh, given what the content of that movie is. Um, Chris Hansen just got a big list, right? <laughs> Um, go on the hunt again. <laughs> so listeners, if you haven't been keeping up with what's going on with that, uh, I'm, I'd am i be surprised it's everywhere. But I first came across this when I was having a conversation with Miles and we were looking at uh, I can't remember what we were looking at. I was looking at actors on IMDb uh, for a movie we were watching because they're, you know, every now and then when you watch when we watch a movie together, I'm like, I recognize that person or they look familiar. I wonder if I've seen them in something else. So I go and look it up and my IMDb page comes up and immediately I see this. Poster for something that I go, What the? F-? Like, the first thing out of my mouth is, What the fuck? And it was the poster for cuties. And it was very provocative uh, posing of 11 year old girls. And I went, What the fuck is this? Like, are you shitting me? Like, Hollywood doesn't even, they're not even hiding it. They're just trying to normalize it at this point. So I go into, I, I go and watch the trailer. I'm like, the fuck is this movie supposed to be about? Like, it, based off the trailer, you can guess that it's supposed to be about a girl who has a religious cultural background that clashes with uh, the culture that she's being surrounded with by the girls that are in her town. And it's supposed to be about the oppression uh, that uh, many Muslim women feel when they have to stick to the strict traditions of their religious practices. And on top of that, it has to do with the oversexualization of young girls. And my first thought was, if you wanted to make a movie about this, these two topics, it should have been a documentary or you could have gone away or you could have gone a completely different route than what you're showing in this film. Because what you're showing in this film would be greatly thumbed up by Jeffrey Epstein. You know, two thumbs way, way up. Because the, the, what you show off in the, in, in the movie, what you show off on the, on the especially the marketing materials, the fucking poster. I, I, as a, <laughs> as someone who works <laughs> in, in marketing, if I was given the job of you need to make this poster, I would have straight up said no.
2: Did you see the, uh, the side by side comparison of the Netflix poster and the Sundance film poster? No. Com- night and day. Yeah. Like, Netflix just sexualized the shit out of it, it. in my opinion. Uh, The original poster just has the girls walking down the street with shopping bags, like jumping and celebrating and stuff like that. Not dressed terribly inappropriately or anything like that. Yeah. Just looks like uh, looks like a child version of any, you know, uh, female romance movie you've ever seen. Yeah,
0: it's. Like the thing, the thing that I don't understand is the, the movie tries to, is trying to bring up the fact that, you know, little girls are being over-sexualized as well. Okay. Well, that, that is a definite side of the things that is absolutely happening in our culture they're being exposed to things way too early. We can all agree on that. You know, as, as, as a society, we can agree on that. There are certain people out there that like it and we all have opinions on those people. Most of them worked for Disney, but if you were going to show that, that kind of impact on kids and stuff and what's going on. You don't over sexualize it yourself in, in that film. And when I heard the, the director talk about it, I'm like, I understand what she was trying to do, but at the same time you showed it, you're still, you, you're still promoting it. <laughs> these um, are
2: still child actors that are technically getting exploited.
0: Yeah. They're, they're all 11, I think between 11 and 12 years old. Uh, I think most of them were 11 when they actually filmed it. And the, you had them doing these things and I'm sitting there going it, it wasn't appropriate to do that either. So, um, did you guys not learn anything from Bella, you know, Bella Thorne's childhood, like, or, or any child actors, childhood, of you know, working with this kind of shit and them being over sexualized themselves. I mean, for crying out loud, there are stories that are horrific from Natalie Portman about there was a That was apparently a countdown timer that was put in when she was like 11 years old. Somebody put a countdown timer on the internet of counting down when she would turn 18. That's, that's fucking gross. So you have people like this out there in the world that would celebrate seeing things like this because it's normalizing their behavior. It's normalizing what they think. And that's what Hollywood's trying. Hollywood's been trying to do that for decades now of trying to normalize pedophilia. And Netflix creating marketing materials that are just completely out of touch with what majority of the world thinks of this. So, I I I would love to ask their marketing team, what the fuck were you thinking? Did you lose your fucking minds when you saw this? Did you go, yeah, that's good, or was it, oh well, if we create enough controversy, people will watch it, and then they'll see, oh, it's not about that at all. Okay, it could be. You know, I I I gotta hope that it was about trying to sensationalize it and make people want to watch it on the simple fact of this looks wrong, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? But it kind of backfired. And when I say kind of, it absolutely backfired. That trailer was really cringeworthy. Uh, it was cringeworthy. A lot of the marketing materials are cringeworthy. Some of the Even some of the scenes that I've seen from the film are just horrific to watch, little girls acting like this. It was to the point where I literally went, is your movie really about... How it's wrong that these girls are oversexualized, or is it just you wanted to show that girls are oversexualized at this age? In which case you could have just done a documentary. You could have, you know, shown historical fact for the past two decades of even TV shows like Hannah Montana oversexualizing little girls. Yeah. No,
2: you but you had to take, you know, prepubescent kids and have them
0: twerk for your film. Yeah, dude, the uh the promo shot that it was on, that was originally on INDB. I believe it's been removed. Of the uh, little blonde girl, like sucking her finger and posing, yeah. I went, "What the like?" I sat there going, "What the fuck is this movie?" And I'm like, "Listeners, you know us. We're rarely, rarely do we ever want censorship or anything like that. But there are certain things that you just don't do, and this is one of them. This is one of them. You you, you just don't fuck with kids." Yeah. And Netflix, their their first response was terrible, when somebody somebody literally oh, just yeah. asked Netflix, "Are you support? Are are you using this this as a marketing ploy to support pedophilia? Like, are you trying to slowly try and convince people it's okay with this?" And Netflix's response was uh, really kind of to the side of like, well, that's not really what it's about. And then the guy came back with another another question of, are you supporting pedophilia? Yes or no. It's a simple yes or no question. We can't comment on that. And yeah. And, and their <laughs> response was, we can't comment on that. Like what we, we don't comment on. And their point was that we don't comment on religion or stuff like that and stuff and, and things and beliefs. Yeah, Yeah. This has nothing to do with cultural beliefs. Like, are you afraid of offending a culture that's into pedophilia? Because I gotta say, uh, the cultures that are—if there are any cultures that that are still into that—they're fucked up too. They're wrong. Let's face it: the the Romans were okay with it, and it wasn't right then either. There, there are certain lines that we have to draw in the sand, and this is definitely one of them. So, why would you sidestep me? Like, oh, we we don't comment on that. Anyways, yeah, just. Uh, completely blew me away that a company could be that fucking tone deaf. Right, and
2: yeah, When you green light everything, gonna bite you in the ass sooner that's, or later. That's that's
0: exactly it. You're so spot on with that. You they green light fucking everything.
3: What's going through my mind? i saying saying Chris Hansen standing outside the uh, Netflix headquarters building, getting ready to walk in. Like what?
0: He's just just sitting like he's just sitting outside, telling every employee take a seat. Like sits with the marketing team. I want you all to take a seat. <laughs> But goddamn, like, God damn, like I said, man, I, working in marketing, if I had been given the job of doing anything with that, I would have just said no. I would have straight up right. said no. I would have declined. I would have said no, I'm not going to do this. I will not work on this. And I've worked on a lot of crazy shit. Stuff that I just sat there going, what the fuck am I doing with my life right now? <laughs> it would
2: be really funny if everybody that made it out that direction uh, wound up on a fucking sex
0: offender list.
2: Oh, because I worked on this movie.
0: Yep. <laughs> Just what the hell? Anyways, Lursers, I do want to point out right now that uh, the DC fandom uh, event's going on as we do the podcast, so we aren't going to be able to talk about all the new stuff that's happening this weekend. Sorry, we're doing this on a Saturday. Uh, I know it's not always the best time, but uh, typically a lot of these events take place during the week, and lately they have becoming more and more, like we're getting more and more stuff on the weekends, which is why we hate Mondays, because by the time we drop the podcast, everything's old. <laughs> so but moving on uh Rocksteady announced a while back with a poster of superman and just saying you know hey uh suicide squad with just suicide squad like you know looks like it's in the shape of a target on his head and it's turns out it's for suicide squad kill the justice league we haven't seen anything really new yet uh, i'm sure it's probably by the time we're done with the podcast we're going to see something new because they already started dropping trailers one of them being the uh uh Gotham Knights Nights by uh,
3: uh, the Arkham Origins, which is
0: uh, WB Studios. They are working on that game. That game is supposed to tie into the Arkham verse, so we'll see. It's kind of str- I still think it's strange that they don't include Arkham Origins in the Arkham uh, trilogy, but whatever. Uh, as part, well, of fans, Ar- as part of the Arkham, as part of the Arkham games, we do. Uh, it's it's that's it's a, a good game. It's four games, not three, but because it wasn't made by Rocksteady, I guess that's why they they do that but that trailer looked really interesting however uh, other things were coming were were happening with rock study over the last uh, about 2 weeks uh, apparently some allegations of sexual harassment were being brought up that took place back originally took place back in 2018 a lot of news outlets are are covering this some of them are covering it very well by talking about uh, all sides and all things that are happening, others are not. Uh, one of them being Screen Rant, uh, at least as of when I, when I was talking about this and when I had been looking up uh, articles on it, trying to find out more information. Screen Rant decided to post a, a article after Rocksteady had already re- replied to uh, the allegations. And they pointed out everything negative. They didn't talk about anything that uh, Rocksteady or Rocksteady tried to counter or anything like that. But they talked about specifically uh, Kim. Uh, I don't know how to say her last name properly. It's uh, like Maca scale, Maca skill. I'm saying I'm butchering the shit out of her name. I'm I'm sorry. But she had posted a video on YouTube, essentially with her outrage at the industry and with what you know what she dealt with at Rocksteady. And apparently, back in 2018, she had written a letter that was signed by 10 mem- you know, ten women, uh, I, I guess including herself, that said that there was sexual harassment going on within the company. And they sent it up to management and sent it to HR. And she claims Rocksteady didn't do anything. They, they ignored it. And she said that several times she tried to help out other coworkers and that the leadership at Rocksteady essentially said that she was putting her, her career in jeopardy and that she needed to stop. Otherwise, it would be hard for her to even get a job anywhere else because she would be known as a troublemaker. Uh, she brought up a lot of stuff that sounds heartbreaking, and she talked about how Rocksteady didn't do anything. And at the same time, Rocksteady put out a tweet showing the original letter from 2018. Uh, its grievances, the names were removed, be to protect them, but they said that it was signed by ten by by ten women within the company, and that they when they got it they. Rocksteady said that they immediately went to action. They started talking to, to people, and and that they were they would explain in another tweet or another response, a, a full written response of what they went through and what they did in order to try and make things better. Apparently, Rocksteady didn't have to because seven women of the ten who who, who still work there decided to put together their own letter and sent it to management for Rocksteady to use. And you know, again, we. You know, I, I'm going off of the fact that we're trusting the fact that these women actually wrote this and that they actually signed it and that Rocksteady is just trying to, you know, trying to protect their identity within the company. So they didn't use their names, but they said that this was written by seven of the 10 women. And they, it basically says that after what happened in 2018, Rocksteady went into immediate action, started holding meetings with HR, meetings with people who were being considered bad actors and trying to work through the problems that these women saw within their own company. According to this letter, evidently Rocksteady felt very appalled by what happened and were kind of upset at the fact that this was an issue at all in their company. But according to Kim, none of that took place. They ignored it. In fact, one of the guys who was uh, known for groping a fellow a, a fellow coworker worker uh, is still working there. I got to say, like a lot of this sounds like a lot of they said, she said, I mean, listeners, we really don't know who until more and more voices come out or more and more people come out and show receipts, show pure, you know, true allegations that this was taking place for years before they did anything or anything like that. We have to go off the fact that based off of what we're seeing, we don't really know what what actually is taking place. We can give guesses and my guess is that based off of the fact that Rocksteady has le- the letters to show, the first letter that, she, that, that Kim says she wrote, and the letter that was written by their current employees, it seems to me that what Kim's saying isn't quite on the up and up in totality. And the reason why I say this, listeners, I'm not saying that we should protect Rocksteady if they've been doing things egregious. I mean, if, the, if things turn out to be the opposite, then, you know, that sucks. That's terrible. It's, it's not okay in any business. But she starts out in her video and she says multiple times that she left the company and that she left because, you know, because of a lot of these reasons. Well, no, that's not true. Rocksteady fired her. There's a big difference between being fired and being in and, and leaving when you're fired. It's usually because of a reason. You know, it, it could be because of monetary or anything like that. Given the success of Rocksteady, I find monetary very unlikely. But. We don't know everything. And the reason why I say that, you know, it's still a he said or, you know, a they said, she said situation is because I've I've had situations in my own personal life where somebody can easily just be lying because they're trying to detract from something else in their life or because they just want to cause they just want to cause trouble because they're just pieces of shit. They want attention. We've seen people in public do this. Multiple times. You've seen people even in the media just lie because they just want to lie, because they want to make they want to make a story for themselves, and that's it. So you can't base it solely off of one person saying this. So I want you to take that take that with a grain of salt of it's this isn't a Ubisoft situation right now. We don't have umpteen dozen peop, you know, dozens of people coming back and saying, Yeah, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. Like Ubisoft, it was overwhelming. It was unbelievable how many people were involved right. and how many people had the same kind of stories about their own experiences with certain people within Ubisoft. That kind of added up to, okay, we we have a lot of people saying the same things about the same people. Corroborating stories of saying, yeah, this sounds like this actually happened at Ubisoft. Whereas Rocksteady, we have one person currently, I should say. As, as of right now, listeners, I, I don't know if more has come out about it. I don't think there has, but we have one person making allegations that Rocksteady or about Rocksteady and saying that it's still taking place, even though she hasn't been in the company for a year, at least. But on top of that, Kim is making the statement of she doesn't want her name to be attached to the Suicide Squad game game coming out. Well, given the fact that you were let go, that you were fired, I don't think your name was going to be on it to begin with. No offense, but that's usually what ends up happening. Rarely does somebody who says I'm I'm leaving the project continue to have their name on the project. Uh look at Anthem. A lot of the people who were attached to that project who left didn't get their name on the product. In fact, a majority majority of the uh the credits were given to the producer. So I, I don't think that was ever an issue. But it's definitely interesting that this is coming out when you have all those things coming out for Ubisoft. You have uh, you know, allegations of uh, not necessarily, uh, not, not sexual misconduct or anything like that, but just, uh, employee abuse essentially from EA and Activision, Blizzard, and, and suddenly this happens. And I, you know, I'm not going to say that I haven't, you know, I haven't seen this in, in, uh, other businesses cause I've seen it in other businesses, but it's not prevalent throughout the world. It, it's not every business. You're not going to encounter sexual harassment. But the nice thing is, at least she says, you know, in, in her statement is that Rocksteady, a majority of Rocksteady staff are probably genuinely good people. She said, like, you know, it's probably like 98, even 99 percent of Rocksteady are, are good people. So she does try to try to point out the fact that there are good people at Rocksteady that she thinks that it's just a few bad actors. OK, maybe she has a personal grudge against them. I don't know. Maybe they actually are pieces of shit. I don't know. We don't have receipts to show this. And. The other thing is she says that, you know, Rocksteady didn't do anything when she had a uh coworker who was crying. Uh, she found her crying, I guess, in a, in a bathroom uh, because the coworkers that she or men she worked with uh, was groping her constantly. When he would get drunk, he would tell his co-workers that he was sleeping with her and stuff like that and really inappropriate behavior. But going to hr with with that allegation and, and a company says we have to investigate this and look into it one there's not a whole there there's only so far that a, that a company can go to is if they can't get anybody to corroborate the story then you have only one person's word against another person's so what is a company supposed to do she she talks about the fact that this woman had to work continue to work with this guy and be nice to him be professional And I sit there and go, well, yeah, what did you what did you think the company was going to do? Did you think they were just going to immediately fire the guy, let him go, give her paid leave? What if they found out nothing she said was true? Then the company sits there and go, well, we can't ask her for money back. Are we going to sue her? Do we fire her instantly? Well, that doesn't happen in companies because then you get get employees who uh, sue because, oh, they sued me because I claimed sexual harassment. See how that works, listeners. It's kind of a, a really shitty spot to be placed into when you're a when you're a corporation. If it's happening prevalently and they do nothing, then yeah, that's a different story. If they, especially if they knew about it, different story. But if they have one person saying this versus another person, and they can't corroborate it, they can't sit there and say, "Yeah, this is absolutely happening." What do you want a company to do? What are they supposed to do? It's not a whole lot they can do. Listeners, I'm going to tell you from my own personal experience. So a long time ago, I was accused of sexual harassment. Anyone who knows me knows that that's complete bullshit. Never happened. There's no, no fucking possible way that I would treat anyone with the kind of disrespect this person claimed I did. And the truth behind it was this person wasn't very good at their job. And that they were do, using any excuse they could to try and detract from the fact that they weren't doing their job correctly so they would say things about other people to try and shift blame. And in my case, it was this person's sexual harassing me. We had been working together for quite some time and they said this person has been sexually harassing me and that's why work isn't getting done because I've been so stressed out about that. I was pulled into a meeting told that this is what's happening, that they would be investigating it and that I was to keep my distance from her. And I but but I was supposed to stay, you know, professional. I couldn't yell, couldn't vent about it. I couldn't talk to anybody else in the company about it. Couldn't tell them what was going on. I had to stay quiet. Essentially given an internal gag order. So I say, okay, uh, I'm extremely pissed off, but I, I dealt with it. Now, I had to work with somebody who was accusing me of something I didn't do. And I had, to, I had to see them and be professional with them anytime I saw them. Now, meanwhile, she was sitting there blabbering to everybody in the company that this is what I did. And her story changed three or four times. That gets spread throughout the company. And finally, it makes down to me. And I get a couple of my coworkers who come up and ask, what the fuck is going on? Like, you're being accused of sexual harassment. And I sat there going, where did did you hear that? And turned out the entire company knew. So I had to deal with that. Now, the company eventually had enough people to go, there's no way this happened. This is complete bullshit. And they didn't find anything, obviously. Never did anything. So eventually it goes away. She comes up and, a per- and personally apologizes to me for saying and, and tells me that she, you know, she misinterpreted my advancement, my advances. I didn't have any advances. The most I ever did was asked her if she wanted to, if she, if she would like to get a drink after work, and that was it. Because we got along, she seemed like a nice person. We would laugh together. That was the most that ever happened. I never touched her, never did anything, and she said. No, I have, you know, she said I had, she had a boyfriend and she wasn't interested in me in that way. And I, I immediately dropped it and told her I apologize. I didn't mean, mean to make this awkward at all. Uh, it's no big deal. Nothing. Like, any again, listeners, anybody who knows me knows that I can let that shit slide immediately. It's not a big deal to me. It's not worth anything to get pissed off at somebody who's like, oh, well, I'm not attracted to you. Okay, big deal. Welcome, welcome to 90% of the population. She turns around. She says she misinterpreted my advances. And I went what the fuck is going on? Like, what the fuck is wrong with this person? I didn't want to work with her anymore. I I made it clear to my bosses that I wanted to be taken off of projects with her. I didn't want to work with her. And they said, well, there's going to be times you're going to have to. I, I dealt with that, but I had to, I had to deal with that for quite some time until they finally fired her. When they found out when, when she got two other people, she had already gotten two other people in the company fired for doing their fucking job because she wasn't able to do hers. But she wasn't able to do hers, but she managed to get two other people fired. And finally they found out, they caught up and went, this is the problem. She's the problem. She can't do her fucking job. That's why we have to let her go. So I've seen it on that side. I've also seen it on the other side. I've seen it from the other side of this person did something to the other person. But the difference is is that there were other people that sat there and said, yeah, I can corroborate this. This happened. Whether alcohol was involved or not, this person's a piece of shit. So it's a they said she said at this point. So take that with a grain of salt. Don't immediately go, oh, Rocksteady's a bunch of sexists and shit like that, because it hasn't gotten to that point. We haven't had a lot of people bring you know bringing up other circumstances, other things that have happened. Just saying that. But moving on to other things that have happened with Rocksteady is that you know they shut off Arkham Knights, and we saw the trailer for that.
3: Gotham, uh, Gotham, Gotham Knights,
0: sir. Knights, yeah. Arkham Knights. God damn it.
3: So Gotham Knights try, uh, starts off with the very end of Arkham Knight. When Batman makes his announcement that, you know, when they see this video, I'm dead because of all the thing that's happened. From yeah, the he's committing
0: games. suicide. That's the thing that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I I still don't buy that Bruce Wayne would just die. Well,
3: the way it left <laughs> off in the game, he like, just, just don't I know can, if he's alive or dead. Just I just don't can know. believe
0: that he'll that he'll he retired, he'll fake his suicide. He'll, he'll, yeah. he'll fake a suicide. He'll fake his death and retire. Go do something else. Go be somewhere else uh, and m- not necessarily be Batman, but he won't be able to walk away from that kind of life.
3: Well that and I think he's taken enough injuries from the previous games he can't oh dude he was correctly a, he was
0: in bad shape at the end of that trilogy, but I said I just said trilogy it's not a trilogy fuck me yeah, that's <laughs> the end of that quadrilogy so far on the series he's taken enough battle damage he can't
3: bounce back necessarily
0: yeah so and it, we also had that you know that trailer at the end of arkham uh night where it's like a it looks like a uh, like a spectral
3: Yeah, we don't know uh, who it was. We Batman. don't know if it was it like Azrael. We don't know. We, we don't if know, it know what it was. Red Hood. But
0: yeah. it was very cool looking. And this new game that's coming out is going to be taking place after that. It's going to be very much in the vein of the Arkham series. So I'm looking forward to it. The thing that really kind of piqued our, our interest was the fact that there's four main characters. And we immediately went, does this mean co-op? Like co-op? Do We get to play a co-op campaign there with a, four people because that'd be amazing.
3: There was a gameplay... Uh, release of it and that's what I heavily hinted off because it looked like some the main person was controlling Batgirl and somebody was controlling Robin and they were attempting to assault a fortress held by Mr. Freeze.
0: Yeah I mean it looks just like it's going to be a lot of fun and it's set, it shows open world so that'll be really interesting we're to see excited. how they pull it off uh, hopefully it does not turn into a games as a service we hope not. Uh, but we are really excited though because when we watched we the show excited. we were arguing who gets to play who yeah I think we're all okay with playing Batgirl.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> I really want to play as Red Hood. Just he gets to kill people. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they won't let that in the game, but because it's gonna it's gonna more likely be T for Tane. Uh, I would imagine.
3: But well, I can also see Red Hood changing his ways a little bit after Arkham Knight.
0: That's possible. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You can tie Absolutely. that as part of it.
2: I mean, yeah, was... in the gameplay, you don't get, like, blood spatter from what I saw. It's just, like, the little red spark impact.
0: Hmm. That's <laughs> He'll fair. be using rubber bullets. You got to be careful, though. You know, sometimes those things uh, really could cost you to lose your leg. You know, that guy with the tourniquet. I don't know. <laughs> I still <laughs> laugh my ass off. well when you showed that, I'm like, yeah, that made me laugh so fucking hard. That guy that got hit with the rubber bullet and it grazed his skin like he just had the blood blister. Yeah. And they were putting a fucking tourniquet on there. I'm like... What the? Like I said, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> Didn't
2: Glad I wasn't hardly? there. <laughs> They're like uh, it's gonna be too late. You gotta take the leg.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's I don't want to lose the leg. I don't want to. Like you haven't been shot, you dumbass. Somebody's never been paintballing
1: fuck i mean the only thing i could think of is if it maybe ruptured the artery but didn't break the skin but still that's pretty extreme
0: you would notice it that would be completely
2: different than yeah. what they showed
1: yeah
0: yeah
2: um this kid was never spanked in his life i think it was barely a flesh wound
0: yeah. <laughs> Just, what the fuck so they're putting gauze on it they're like oh my gosh <laughs> like you guys are fucking idiots
3: but gotham that does look promising
0: but gotham yeah uh Gotham, Knights, Gotham Knights, looks, Knights, yeah, Gotham Knights looks really good. Um, I'll be interested to see what other things they show off as to the open world aspect of it, of uh, whether or not it's going to be four player or just two. I could, totally, I could totally Robin see again. it just being two, though. It's just being two player co-op. What?
3: I was gonna say, I'm forward to playing Robin. That's something I would get to the Arkham series, the uh, individual add-ons that came out where you get to play as the uh, other yeah. pieces of the Bat family. It was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, the other thing that was really cool is the fact that they showed off it is going to surround the uh, court of owls which that should be really interesting that is a cool story from uh, the new 52 and that that was heavily or heavily surrounded a lot with with uh the Wayne family of more and, precisely uh, Damien and Damien and, uh, and uh, Bruce Bruce so
1: <laughs> yeah it looked interesting to me but that at the end of the trailer made this an instant buy yeah I
0: was it looks, it just looks really cool. And then you get to that, you're like, oh, this is the story? Well, we're. hang on, let me grab my wallet.
2: <laughs> I think they'll have a DLC and add in Ace, the
1: Bat Hound. <laughs> we know what Miles wants to play. <laughs> well, uh, shit, I didn't want that until just now.
0: <laughs>
1: how is he going to fly around town? Doesn't matter. Dog,
3: <laughs> maybe have a little cameo green arrow shows up and everybody told him leave. They don't really like him. <laughs>
1: leave all you do is steal our villains, um, unless he only uses the boxing glove arrows. Then I'll play him. That's fair. I'd be game if it was like the brave and bold green arrow.
0: As for Suicide Squad, kills the or kill justice league or kill the justice league That's I the one that Rock is working on. Yeah, that's the one that Rock is working on. uh don't know if that's gonna be part of the Arkhamverse or not. It'd be kind of cool if it was. Well, uh, it like would it's, be it's nice. an easy
3: write-off. The characters are already there, and they're alive.
0: Yeah, uh, except for Batman.
3: Well, I'm just talking about the Suicide Squad itself.
0: Oh, okay. I, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that would be definitely a interesting take on how on where to take that universe. And it would make much more sense now that Batman can't
3: protect Superman from Suicide Squad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not that he needs protection in reality. Let's face it, out of the Gotham villains, the only person that could actually work over Superman would be the Joker, and that's just because Joker would mentally fuck him up.
3: Yeah, Injustice. Or the animated Batman vs. Superman, where Joker literally makes a pimp cane out of a Kryptonite and beats Superman, Beat with, Superman it.
0: with it. Beats Superman with it. Yeah, so that game is going to be interesting. I don't know what it's going to be uh, like or about, but since it's involving the Suicide Squad, do you think they're going to be taking the co-op route too?
3: it to be our final new Army of Two game we've been Wanting, just Suicide Squad instead. Possible. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm always curious with those kind of titles if they're going to end up being if they do co-op if they're end up going to limit it to to two, two or three because or four you always get that you always get that kind of thing of but if if it's four four is acceptable but like you know we have you know Destiny they still don't understand what four man squads are so uh except for in Gambit oddly right. But you have these titles that come out, and they just kind of like they they make these odd limitations on certain things. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes, and I'll be also interested to see if they decide later to be like, oh, it's a games as a service title because it's co op. And usually, that's where these kind of things—I sh- I shouldn't say usually—lately, that's where these kind of games have been going. Of when we have multiplayer, we instantly try to go for the games as a service window, so we'll see. But in other news uh, involving DC, DC is also experiencing a massive job cuts because of financial problems. And this is something we kind of all saw coming. Listeners, it's not something that we take pride in or anything like that when a company starts to lose revenue or anything like that because they decided to go woke. It's just proof that you shouldn't go woke. <laughs> At least not to the the point of where they're where they're going now. And DC's been doing this for the past I want to point out, DC's been doing this slowly for the past two decades. They've been going woke and woke and woke with certain things. And when we say woke, it's like when they take characters that have been well established characters and suddenly turn them a different race or suddenly turn them a different sex. Or they recreate the character in another universe where suddenly they're transgender. And you're just sitting there going, "Why are you guys doing this? Like, why can't why can't you create someone new that's like that, that's this? And which why is, does this why does this have to be their main identifying trait? Which why is can't ironic. they just be a person?
3: Now that you just said that, because they actually did make a new character because of this,
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, Green Lantern Kyle. Okay, way different than Hal and John, and he was, and Green Lantern's uh, can yeah.
0: constantly change over because the the torch is passed.
3: Yeah, but easily done. Yeah. So why remake it one character when you could just make a whole new one? They actually did it once and it worked well. Yeah. But they just seem to forget about it.
0: They they do that a lot. And Marvel's just as guilty listeners. But the difference is, is Marvel has been doing this more lately and not over the past 20 years. Marvel's been going full woke with tons of terrible comics. And they're paying for it. They're they're actively losing money. And the problem is, is that Marvel's letting that woke culture slide and slip into their movies a little bit more, and allowing Hollywood to kind of take the reins a little too far, and out of the reins of people who were genuinely loved their comics, genuinely loved the worlds that they created, and were all about just creating those things. And one of those things that I'm worried about, and I'm I'm hoping that it's going to be a better movie than it is a comic book series is you know, with Thor
3: love Love and and thunder.
0: Thunder. Yeah. Love and thunder. The, uh, series that is going to focus on Jane becoming Thor, uh, wasn't a great series in the comic books. It was actually really shitty and a lot of fans are really upset about it. And you need to understand listeners. It's not fans are not upset at the fact that it's a woman getting the powers of Thor that's happened in comic books before it's the idea of a woman suddenly just being called Thor, just being Thor. It doesn't make any sense. And Jane's not a super likable, like super likable character in the movies to begin with. No. So a lot of people are going to have problems with that. But since I think it's uh, Taika doing the the directing and the writing for it, right? Anybody know?
3: Yeah, the same director from uh, Ragnarok.
0: Yeah, so uh Taika Waititi is doing the writing and directing for this one. So hopefully he can pull it off. If anybody can, it's going to be him listeners i have a lot of faith in this guy he is he's won me over so much with a lot of things that he's done he's been on fire for yeah. a few years now
2: you know my just, idea
3: uh, that hopefully that I'm, continues it would work off for thors that you have multiple thors at this point and then be like, you should embrace them all
0: yeah and, and i immediately I, bring in Battle, Ray Bell. yeah and I, and I know that there are a lot of people who are just gonna be like ah fuck that listeners if they did this and they just didn't call her thor would you feel if you were upset about it would you feel upset about it still if they just didn't call her Thor, you
2: just picked up molnir and went to town,
0: and went to town. Oh, yeah. yeah, I like. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't be nearly as upset. The thing that upset so many fans in the comic books was the fact that they, they just gave her the moniker of Thor.
1: Like it was so weird and out of place. Well, I mean, they've even shown in the comics there's multiple hammers. Yeah. So, just call her something else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She could be. She could be anything. That's the problem that people have with it. So Marvel's doing this now. DC's been doing this for 20 years and it's been up and down. It's been an up and down road for them. So they started doing things like this where uh, back in the early 2000s and their comic book sales started to dip. And that's when they started to really, I mean, when I say dip, I mean, didn't just start to dip. It it crashed really Pick fast the dive. and they decided, oh, what we're going to do is we're going to do the new 52. So what we're going to do is going to relaunch it. We're going to use Flashpoint as a way of rebuilding an entire universe and go from there and and we'll be able and with this they they promised we're going to be able to do new things with our old characters and create new characters to go along with this new universe it sounded all very promising they started doing it and with some characters a lot of people were kind of pissed off like oh you changed this character way too much for me on this and they lost some old fans but they gained some new ones and it sold some new comic books their their comic books sales went up listeners i was i was getting all the new 52 stuff for a long time I have stacks of comic books with it. And then they started changing even more characters within the new 52 towards more woke culture and trying to promote, you know, more SJW uh, values. And you're sitting there going, okay, like I feel like at this point, you're not really concentrating on a story. You're concentrating on preaching to me rather than just giving me something
1: good to read. Hell half the time. I don't even feel like they're doing that. I think they're, you know my point of view on a lot of this is they're just trying to keep twitter quiet that's
0: possible yeah i mean i could see that
1: you know they're they're just trying it's a very to-
0: outspoken community and they they get a lot of people who follow them and they think that that's their entire audience yeah even though majority of those people don't read their comic books
1: yeah and i feel like they're just trying to get out in front of it and be like well if we change things now then we won't hear bitching later so let's okay. just go ahead and get it over with yeah i
0: mean i'm i'm willing to i'm willing to concede that's that's a possibility yeah from what i've seen over the past 20 years of their comic books. And what they did with the universe and the fact that they dumped the new 52, went back to the old universe and then continued to do what they were doing with the new 52, which was changing characters to do things that were completely out of character or even just changing race, changing gender, changing. You know, it, it was just all this kind of stuff. You're like, oh, OK, so this has been happening slowly building up for for DC. And a lot of people are going, oh, you know, a lot of the, the media, especially this is really funny, the the media that's not part of the, the geek media. Uh, have been picking up on it and saying, oh, DC's having to lose employees and this is why, and they started having too many of these policies and they stopped selling comic books. This is an issue within the industry as a whole of they pick up these values of, oh, we should, we should focus on this so we can get this crowd involved in a comic book, but they neglect their entire audience that currently buys them. And that's a problem within the industry. That's a problem within any industry when they decide, oh, well, we want to go after this group and try and sell them comic books but we forget that we don't need, we don't want to alienate our old readers. It's a balancing act. So do you continue to get revenue from your current readers or do you, you know, and and come up with something that's just better story and tries to bring in new people, or do you shift your ideas and and your ideals for your characters to this other person's thought process and way of thinking to get them as a reader and you drop off, you know, it's the equivalent of like dropping off 70% of your, your reading crowd. To gain 20 to gain the 20% that's over here but you lot you, you, you didn't gain anything you, you essentially lost 50% of readership yeah. because you all you do is gain 20
3: I forgot the uh, good old business advice don't fuck up your bread and butter
0: yeah you, you just you don't mess with with okay. a good thing okay. and that's where DC kind of screwed up the business has just been declining over the last several years and now they're they're hitting bedrock at this point and going oh shit we we have no place else to go so instead of going, we have no place else to go. Well, we need to build our reader base. Instead of turning that ship around and trying to gain back your old reader base, they're they're going, okay, well, how do we continue our readership? Well, we have to get new readers. Well, how do we get new readers? Well, we go full woke. We try to bring in the full woke crowd. The SJWs will come over to us and that'll give us our revenue. And that's what they bank that's that's what they've been banking on, and it has not worked.
3: Yeah, because they're not buying it.
0: Yeah, because I'll so many, like so many of the SJWs are now, some of them are now seeing, oh, that's just virtue signaling, which I'm proud of those people for going, oh, wow, I, fi- I can now recognize virtue signaling, the shit that I've been doing for years. And that's, you know, that's me quoting them, even though I don't know one of, if one of them said it. But some of them are starting to pick up on it. They're starting to see rationalization of, oh, my gosh, like, yeah, this is actually just virtue signaling. You guys are just trying to side with me to get my money. Well, I'm not going to do that. And then you have others who never had any intention of ever reading a comic book ever. They just wanted to talk about the fact that comic books are sexist or racist. And that was it. That was that was all they, that was all they wanted to do. They just wanted to point out that these things are sexist and racist and they should change. And when they did change, I still don't want to read it <laughs> because I had no intention of reading it to, be, to begin with. Marvel's struggling with this with uh, the Captain Marvel comics. They tried to go full woke with her and none of their readers are buying it. Other old readers are buying it, and none of their, they're not picking up new readers. So,
3: wasn't the irony of that one? was like 80% of the readers were male.
0: Yeah. 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 They, they had a massive male following, and it just alienated <laughs> your bread and butter crowd, nuked itself. That's what's kind of going on with them. But getting back to cooler things that we can talk about and other things that happened this week, and uh, since we had that conversation earlier about co op, Sucker Punch came out. And just sucker punched the entire fucking gaming industry. <laughs> Superman punched. <laughs> they, 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 lived, they lived up to their name <laughs> and just came out full out full out swinging and just said, oh, by the way, we have an entire co-op mode that we, that we were working on for Ghost of Tsushima. It wasn't ready for launch, but we decided we're still coming out with it. And on top of that, it's free. There's no microtransactions. So they made an open world game and is literally listeners. It is absolutely going to get our PS4 exclusive of the year. That's almost guaranteed. Full open world. Awesome story. Great characters. And we're all going, man, we are completely satisfied with this game. And then they're going around going, yeah, by the way, we're also going to give you Samurai Destiny. What?
3: (laughs) The mode is going to be called Ghost of Tsushima Legends. Yep. Which follows the mythology. So it actually is separate from... The main story.
0: Yep. It's four different characters. Uh, They all have to do with uh, uh, essentially different legends. uh, Legendary tales of uh, samurai. And uh, one of them being the, you know, the ronin. uh, I believe the other one is a uh, a samurai ronin, samurai ronin, hunter, hunter, and uh an archer it seems all very cool to me i'm like man this is awesome and it's four player co-op i get to go through this with my friends and you're basically and it's also gonna have a raid when they said raid i went are you (laughs) fucking
1: serious
0: (laughs) you you're putting in a raid too yeah they announced three modes for it it's crazy
3: (laughs) so they said the campaign is two player co-op so it has a campaign
0: then it's got a four player mode and then a raid mode they showed off a trailer the trailer included gameplay obviously because you know it's sony and uh, the game is basically already being made, and
3: they said release is fall 2020. So
0: I, that's that's a huge deal. It comes out in the same year that the game came out in. It's essentially you know a mode that they're like, yeah, we were working on this on the side, and we didn't have time to finish it before the game launched. We wanted to get the game out into people's hands. We didn't want to delay it just for this. They we did had a great full job ex- keeping
3: undercover. We had a
0: full experience ready to go, and yeah, nobody knew this was happening. And suddenly, just drop, it and everybody goes, "What just happened?" Yeah,
3: these are the people you get to be your secret keepers.
0: Yeah, easily game of the year for PS4.
2: That GIF of Robert De Niro just going, "You, yeah, you,", you. <laughs> like that's that that's, <laughs> just fit perfectly. Fucking spot like, on. The hell, guys! Like, yeah. like you already made a great fucking game. Yeah, like you could have stopped there. I'm glad you
3: didn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> screw
0: it. We're just gonna keep going. We've gone too far. <laughs>
3: it's like watching Captain America pick up Molnir.
0: I look forward to That'd the amount of times Miles tells us to stop playing so that he can go into photo mode. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> <Hold still. laughs> I gotta make a new wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that's just a that was a huge shock to to see that come out.
3: That's a great surprise. Oh
0: yeah. Uh, absolutely in other news we have uh some strange news vampire the masquerade God, such a long fucking title vampire the masquerade bloodlines 2 like sir you couldn't have just called it vampire bloodlines 2 was there somebody else that
1: had that title
3: i think it is but it's with the y so they should have been fine with normal spelling like, what the no,
1: fuck because that's the name of the like, this is another game that was based off of a pen and paper rpg so yeah they, the DD game. The actual title was Vampire the Masquerade. So if you start cutting that out, people So why don't you just call
0: it Vampire the Masquerade 2?
1: Well. Yeah, that would make more sense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, why does it have to have another fucking subtitle? Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. It's the longest fucking title, anyways. Regardless, uh, like that would have been a marketing meeting that I would love to have sat in on. Uh they're having to delay until 2021. This is not the first time they've had to delay the game and uh for good reason. I mean, the initial stuff that we saw from it wasn't very impressive. Later stuff that we've seen now has been better looking and it it's made me kind of go, oh, "Okay, I might be interested in this as this R- this RPG." The the original was pretty decent on PC.
1: Did they fix the melee combat cuz that was wonky as fuck looking?
0: No clue. Uh <laughs> Uh, most of the stuff that I've seen from now is mostly just uh, the RPG inter- uh, interactions. I haven't seen any combat for, for currently. Yeah. I uh, remember, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: I remember when trailers were going around, because I I really liked the first one. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, And then when they announced the second one, I got pretty excited. And then, you know, they started showing off gameplay. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, the role playing looks real good. The story looks pretty good. And then they showed the melee combat. Yeah. And it looks like it's from about two generations ago. Yeah, it
0: looked kind of broken uh animations weren't that great miles pointed that out a while back oh yeah um janky you know it was one of the main things the reason why he wasn't even ex- even looking forward to the, to seeing more of the game yep. uh just seeing that kind of low quality
2: oh, that and the uh the, the logic uh plot fail for me was uh Hey, like one of your abilities, you can turn into smoke and go through vents. I remember you that. you can't go through a, a fucking iron but bar you, door. you couldn't
0: go through an iron bar <laughs> door. That was weird. Uh, I don't remember. But I guess if you're going off of traditional vampire uh, lore, vampires are allergic to. Is it, is it iron or silver? Silver. I thought it was silver. So maybe the bars were silver? <laughs> I'm doing this with the, uh, face, the cringe face. I don't know. I the whole point is you can
2: slip through small. Oh, yeah. I get and it. And an iron bar door is far wider open than a smoke is. can make itself <laughs> thinner than paper.
0: So I don't know. Yeah. i just saying, um, it's like, fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's been delayed till 2021. And that's a good thing. In my opinion. I mean, delaying a game that needs to, needs to have more work is a good thing. The things that's weird is that the developer also fired the creative director and the lead narrative, uh, creator. Yeah. One of them had
2: no idea that, uh, they were up for Here's for the thing that's
0: that's not that's not unusual. I mean in, in reality what's funny no. is when I heard when I heard that and people were like oh they they had no idea. Well how many times have you listeners how many times have you gotten fired and didn't and knew about it. Don't get me wrong I've I've been let go from a company that was that was collapsing because of the economy but I saw it coming. I kind of knew it was going to happen. I've had that happen twice but I've also been, you know, I I was let go at a company that I didn't know I was struggling as badly as it was. And I didn't know that I was gonna be let go. I went into work one day and they asked me to call in for a meeting and I kind of sensed things were kind of off um, the moment I was asked that. So you kind of see that coming when that's like, oh, you know, out of the blue, hey, we need to teach, we need to speak to you and you walk into a room and it's all of your bosses. <laughs> you kind of go, all right, what's going on? And I went, oh, I'm probably gonna get let go. This guy, Kind of a similar situation, went into work one day, thought everything was fine, uh, knew that there was going to be a delay. The delay, he said he knew had nothing to do with narrative and nothing to do with his side of things. It had to do with technical issues. Don't know what's what the story is behind that. Don't know if we'll actually know what took place in the background. There could have been uh, multiple things. It could have just been the company's bleeding money. They need to get rid of the person who is costing them a lot of, a lot of money and has already technically done their job if they have their narrative ready to go. Right. Um, and that's a shitty thing. don't get me wrong, but at the same time, if they don't have the funds to continue to pay him and he's not having to do a whole lot of uh changes, then that person's just kind of sitting by and making sure essentially making sure that the narrative is carried through so they' they're kind of in a uh scriptwriter's position, like a lead scriptwriter in a movie where they're they're on set to make changes, but that's about it like they're they're not actively. Making new scripts for that yeah. movie—they've already, already done ninety
3: percent of their job.
0: Yeah, so that that could be the possibility.
3: If it's shitty and they terminated him just because they cut back money and he was the lead writer, yeah, this is another reason the cause for a union.
0: Here's the thing with unions: like, I understand what you're saying, Anderson, and I I partially agree with it. I felt that the, I needed a that I felt like in Mark when I was in working in marketing, I needed a union.
3: Or not some kind, but of a lot union, of the times kind of
0: unions them. end up having a adverse effect on even the people who belong to them, and the fact that they make decisions to do with your money what they will, regardless of your input, and in some cases, in many cases, unions end up becoming more powerful than the people who contribute to them, and end up influencing companies in adverse ways. Listeners, in case which you're, you're wondering where I could actually cite this, easily uh, would be actually in, in the policeman's union. Uh, if you wanna know why so many police officers that actually do, are, actually are uh, bad cops and get caught in it, end up continuing to have their job. A lot of that has to do with the police union. If a grievance is filed in the police union, the, the they can't fire the person right away. They have to have an investigation, and everything like that. And if they don't do that, the police union can immediately just call for a strike or do whatever the fuck they want. They they can call grievances, they can do lots of things that impact the police you know, a, a police department immediately. Whereas a police department can't act immediately. So when you have cases where a police officer, let's say like the, the instance where that gentleman who answered his door while he was holding a handgun and immediately surrendered, put his hands in the air, was trying to put the gun down and was shot in the back by that police officer, that police officer still has his job. Why? Because that police department can't do anything against him immediately because the policeman's union prevents that. So that's where a union has so much power that they manage to make sure that even bad cops keep their job. So while I get what you're saying, Anderson, with a union for Development and stuff like that would probably protect that kind of instance. They would also end up also protecting the people who would be, let's say, like a Ubisoft's case. If you had somebody who is directly Obviously responsible terrible. for for sexual harassment or terrible at their job, then that union would protect them as well. And they would say, "You can't immediately fire this person so it's because of this, of this, coin. this, and this." So there's there's a yeah, there's there's another side of the coin of there's there's a good thing and a bad thing.
3: So I probably should so, retract and say better contracts.
0: Agreed. Yeah. I think yeah. I think that a lot of these people ha- need to have better contracts. And I think that part of that has to do with the fact that if, uh, you know, it, it depends on what these people were let go for. If he was let go because of that reason, because they were basically out of money, then what the company needs to do is retrace that. Con- they they should have what they should have considered was we'll retrace the contract because we cannot continue to pay your salary. Uh, what we will do is when the game we will will renegotiate with you, and if the, when the game comes out, we'll give you a certain percentage. They did that with Marty at uh, Bungie when he was worth when he was working with them, and he was doing the music composing for Destiny. That's why he ended up suing the company because he had essentially a contract that said he would make a certain amount. Like since he wasn't making the same amount of money he was at Bungie prior when he was working with them on Halo, the contract was set up that his, all of his music he would still own personally. And anything that they made, he would make us made from the game. He would make a certain percentage of that. That's how that deal worked as he, he treated it kind of more like a performing artist for yeah. a contract of you're getting royalties to my work. It makes sense. Yep. Yeah. They should probably have approached it that way rather than letting him go. But we don't really know what happened. The whole it it could have yeah. been anything from sexual harassment. It could have been from we don't think he's doing his job right. Anything. We have no idea what actually took place. And I've seen some people say, "Oh, you know, clearly there's something going on. It's it's terrible in development." I'm like, "I don't know about that." I think that the delay is a is a direct result of development problems. Absolutely. Firing these two people not necessarily. So, before you start going, "Oh my gosh, it's this," keep in mind that the person that they brought in to replace that position of creative lead is somebody who's essentially a freelancer, he's a consultant. So they're paying him a nominal fee to do the same job. So that, to me, says money issues more than likely.
3: And doing that part you were just talking about how he's already knocked out the main script. Now they just need somebody just to tweak.
0: Yeah, whereas with a creative director, it, it, the creative director could be in the same position of, well, this person's a creative director. They make sure They make sure that everything is lining up as well with story, gameplay, and everything like that. Well, he's costing us a lot of money, and we still don't have a game yet. Well, let's let him go and we'll hire somebody temporarily to kind of do that job for us at a low at a lower fee to make sure we're going to get there. But since we've got nine, you know, let's say we've got 95 percent of the game done. Do we really need him for the last five percent?
3: That that's on the better contract. Yeah, I think yeah.
0: I think it. I think it's more of a money thing. Listeners, that's what it comes down to is based off of what I know about the industry, what I've seen in the industry, what I've seen in other industries. A lot of it comes down to money and games cost a lot of money. And when a game's been in development like this for over five years, you start to go, well, we're bleeding money. So, yeah, they they might be in development hell, and I'm sure by the time the game comes out, we'll hear about the amount of crunch that went on, uh, just like with every game. But this is what it is. We don't know the full story, and nobody's saying anything. Anything else uh, to bring up this week, guys?
2: Played a bit of Battletoads on Game Pass. The turbo bike level still sucks. Uh Uh, yep, it's easier than Nintendo's uh turbobike levels, but still still tough. Well I would hope so. Um, the
0: screen's bigger and you're actually being able to hopefully see the platform right the blocks coming you, come, at you.
2: you see it coming head on instead of from the right. Yeah. But it's uh it's well animated. Uh, it's a good little beat em up. I'm I've been enjoying it so far. Um you know, it's it's still got kind of uh, some of the the attitude that you would expect. From the game they make a, a bunch of good little jokes here and there especially poke fun at it themselves and uh it's it's definitely worth checking out if you've got game pass it's unfortunate that it doesn't have the own online co-op but you take what you get I guess these days yep I also been playing spirit Fair
0: on game pass oh man I'm gonna have to bring up some of the reviews
2: <laughs> it's beautifully animated and uh, styled for its art style that it chose to go with. So far, the story is is interesting and it's not quite to the uh, the degree yet of, but puts me in mind of like Kubo um, mm, okay, and that kind of that kind of feel that you're getting for it. So it's it's really interesting. It's a nice to play a laid back game that I'm not sitting there just constantly grinding at or, you know, dodging fire.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's why I end up. Uh, that's why I end up playing a lot of Telltale games. Oh, it was the, nice
2: the, to chill out and, and play that game. Um I think it's probably worth a buy. I'm not real sure what the price is. I, I think,
0: it's think it's $40. Like, is it? I thought it was I like thought.
2: $20, but I I, I, I might be wrong. Know. It might be
0: $30, but that the when I saw the price, it seemed a little high. Yeah. It's it, no, I'm wrong. It, it's, 30. Uh, it's $30. It's 30 I would say
2: it's worth $30. Bucks. Okay. Um, I,
0: I would I would own it for that so yeah. far. Listeners, um, I haven't, I haven't played it, so I can't give you an absolute of, yeah, it would be a buy. It just seemed a little high based off of what I saw. That's all. Right. That's all I was saying.
2: Um, So, yeah, once again, if you have Game Pass, check it out. Um, yeah. And if you're really, really curious about it, I'd say it's
0: it's a pretty good chance for a buy. So, I think that's fair. Uh, so, listeners, with that, uh, since he brings up that, I have to bring up the fact that there's a weird a weird back and forth that's happening on the Xbox right now with that game where people are writing reviews to counter other reviews. And we have the the people who are defending the game and other people who are trying to write reviews on the game based off of the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard of in my life. So listeners, when you play a game and the protagonist is any race whatsoever, as long as it's not steeped in like a certain culture, you don't think about it. You just don't care, right? Typically, I mean, you know, uh, you play Assassin's Creed Odyssey and both character or, you know, both the characters you can play are, are kind of olive toned, which would be normal for the area that they are in. And that would be very normal for Greek and Roman. Typical skin tone that you'd see there.
3: Oh, shoot. Even the trailer for Valhalla.
0: Um yeah. White
3: boy, blonde hair.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, white guys, typically. So you don't That's think about it. You just, all right, well, yeah, I don't yeah. think about it. So if you played a character, let's say you just played a, uh, let's say you played Call of Duty or you played some other some other game, let's say the character's black. Let's say if you'd played Horizon Zero Dawn to begin with and the character was black.
3: Would make a difference? Would,
0: would you think about it? Would you go, oh my gosh, they're they're trying to, skew an opinion on me or trying to force feed me with with shit no you'd go okay yeah whatever it it wouldn't even cross your mind really you wouldn't even think about it you wouldn't think about their their race or their color you just you just play a game because it's a game but i've seen a few reviews on this game specifically where people are upset that the character has a darker tone of skin and i went um is there something i'm missing here like the developer made a statement a long time ago, I guess, that they had decided to make the character a darker tone, or darker tone, because they didn't feel like there was a lot of representation in games with people who were not white. Okay, that's fair. Is is that what the main game's about? Is it is it about them being this color? No. Okay, then do I need even, do I even care? No. But the the developer said made a statement openly a while back that that's why they did it. That's what that that's what their design choice was because of this. That's fair. I like I don't care. Cool. That would be that would be any normal gamer's response, but apparently there are a few people who are upset about this that the character is being uh, one guy put it blackwashed. What? First of all, the character's an olive an olive skin toned and Miles, you pointed out to me <laughs> that one guy after I told you one guy was upset that the character wasn't Asian.
2: Yeah. So, <laughs>
0: just just <laughs> I a know, quick it, expand like, on
2: that, it was it was
0: the the dumbest comment I'd seen.
2: It, the 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 story opens up with you having a conversation, a one sided conversation, because your character never speaks. Um, it's one of those things that's just implied, like Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Um, but you have a conversation with Charon, right the the ferryman of the damned from Greek mythology, <laughs> right. <laughs> Nothing to do with Asia whatsoever. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? That there are you're you're going through a series of islands because it's you know a game with a boat, and yeah. so that's where it's got to take place. Um, a lot of the the islands are Asian themed, okay. um, In in art style, you know, uh, house uh, architecture, um, in some of the naming concepts. So I get where somebody would be like, oh, I thought it was supposed to be Asian. And the thing is. If you're going to combine, you know, that kind of Asian style, art style and, and architecture type with Greek mythology, clearly you don't really give a shit about what kind of culture you're going for here. Yeah. You're just trying to make a good game.
0: It's it's not it's not about the focus on culture. It's the focus no. on, on your game and your story. And, and your character only, could be purple and it wouldn't fucking matter. Yeah,
2: you're the only hu- uh, quote unquote human uh, character in the game. Like everybody else is just a hooded figure or a you know quote unquote spirit animal, All right? So, who the fuck cares?
3: <laughs> you telling me you're playing a fantasy game and somebody cares,
0: right? Yeah, it's just it was <laughs> so. so it was so fucking weird uh, to see these reviews. Now Microsoft is doing their job; they're they're trying to remove some of these reviews because they just sit there like they're they're not legitimate complaints. Like you're not complaining about the game; you're complaining about uh, a, what you think is a political statement. Your prejudice. Yeah. You're 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 complaining about your own prejudice. So okay, well, whatever. But uh there are there are other people who are trying to do reviews that are countering that. Um and in reality, listeners, if you come across a review like that, just report it. Just report it. Don't don't worry about you having to create a bigger score or something like that to to downplay somebody else's uh review. If if a person creates a review and they legitimately think the game was trash. Because of certain reasons, I've seen one, I saw one on there. A guy didn't like it because he felt like the the tutorial was too long, and he felt like the entire thing was a tutorial essentially. Because anytime you you spoke to a specific character and they were giving you details on gameplay, that he was still in the tutorial. He just like he said it was too long, and he didn't like it. He thought it was boring. Well, you were playing a casual game that was designed to be a more relaxing experience, and you didn't go in for that. You, you went in expecting to be able to just play and have action-packed, you know, this full action-packed experience, and that's not really what the game's about. So, okay, you have a you have a legitimate complaint about what your expectations were versus what you got. Fair enough. You think it's one time. You, you think it's one, one star. Whatever. Those reviews don't need to be counteracted with, oh, you know, the game was just okay, but I feel like I have to get it five stars because so many people are giving it one star because of this one aspect. You don't need to do that. Just report. To Microsoft that a game you know that a review is not legitimate it's just not a legitimate complaint you're you're complaining about it you're complaining about a, a character's skin color <laughs> that's yeah that's fucking ridiculous yeah. it speaks more to you than it does the game <laughs> yeah who cares if the developer made the statement of well I wanted to have more representation we've listeners, we've talked about this in the story the game that's coming up by don't nod um what, what is it called uh tell is it tell, tell me why, why? Uh, I've seen trailers for it a few times. I've seen the newest trailer for it. I'm just like, eh, you know what? It's it's probably not going to be a game for me. It's probably not going to be a game I'm going to enjoy. The characters, story-wise, it just doesn't look like something I'd really be into. That's fair. Am I going to go onto Microsoft's website or PlayStation's or Steam and write a bad review because I feel like the developer is trying to make a political statement that I might not agree with? If that were the case or like someone's or, for attention or they're trying to be, you know, they're trying to cater towards SJWs. Am I going to go out and make a bad, make a bad review about that game? No, I'm just not going to play it. That, that's fine. I, like, I don't, I don't need to tell or say that this game is shit on somebody else's forum because I, it's not a game for me. It's just not a game for me. <laughs> that's just a fact. Okay. It doesn't look like an experience I'll enjoy. It's not a game for me. I'll move on and go play something else.
2: It's like seeking out porn that you don't like and commenting on it. Right? I came here to talk
0: talk about people who shit on other people's (laughs) chests. This is disgusting and you people should be be disappointed (laughs) with yourselves. It's not for you, guy. (laughs) Clearly. So why were you watching it to begin with? Why'd you go on here? You know, and tell me why you know it's going to be on game pass i might check it out just to see what it is
1: maybe, it maybe it'll surprise maybe it'll be it.
0: yeah maybe maybe it'll be surprising to me maybe i'll end up enjoying it but i also might turn around and be like eh, you know what i don't like it it's not fun i don't really care for the story you know stuff like that. there could be certain things about it that i don't might not enjoy and then of course after that's over i'll be called a bigot uh, <laughs> even <laughs> even if it has it, it could have like i could end up not liking that game it could be for like something like gameplay is bad or anything like that, and i will, I guarantee you I'd be considered a bigot.
1: well, it's kind of like we didn't like last of us 2 and we're bigots because we were considered
0: you know, yeah, we're considered racist because of that I,
1: th- I thought it wasn't a race issue I thought it was more because there was a trans character and because we didn't like the story as a whole, we're bigots because we didn't
0: well we're, we're both we're racist and we're and we're bigots. And it's because, because the two kids are because two kids were hispanic. So we were racist and bigots. Listeners, huh. I, we're we're just making fun of the fact that because we don't like so many times people are labeled just for the fact that they didn't like something, and suddenly they're misogynists, they're bigots. You know, if you didn't like Ghostbusters 2016, you are immediately a sexist. misogynist and sexist, and that's why you didn't like it. Or I just didn't like it because it was a bad movie,
3: like bad story.
0: Could 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 Badly we take? Written. Take things into context here, because it was a bad movie. Let's think about that. I didn't care for Life is Strange too because I didn't really care too much for the. I didn't think the characters were very well written. The certain scenarios were ridiculous, and the fact that they were making it's hysterical. Because I say this now, given you know, given the fact that we have riots in Washington and in Oregon, especially in Oregon, uh, that are taking place supposedly over race, but these are the most liberal places I have ever been, other than New York. And Los Angeles. And yet the game took place in, in a very liberal area, but they were making it all about racism. And I went, I'm not going to say racism doesn't exist in all areas, but it was kind of weird how easily it came up right. in the game. And I went, all right, so you guys immediately just went and played the race card for no reason. That was, And it just kind of felt shoehorned in, listeners. It, was, it felt like a shoehorned in story to try and make a statement that didn't need to be made in a game that really should have just been about the relationship between the two brothers. I didn't care for it in the end and I felt like the story was just kinda eh, it was just okay. That aside, tell me why seems like they're continuing on that track and Don't not made the statement of they want to make games that are more about being more socially aware, I guess I think is what the way they put it. And that immediately threw up red flags like, okay, so you just want to preach to me instead of giving me a good story because you gave me a great story with the, with your first game. Life is Strange was fun. It was awesome. I I I made fun of it at the same time. I I loved it. Even
2: that game wasn't de- completely devoid of its own, you know, PC culture and SJW kind of Absolutely you know, correct. uh storyline mm-hmm. to a, a degree, but it was enjoyable. Like it, it yeah. had a cohesive story and you're like, "All right, I can kind of
0: gel with what's what's going on here it had a lot of themes but it was well told yeah and that's the thing that makes it ever since then it's just been good story uh, yeah going back to to this game it was you know it was kind of funny to see people just going back and forth i'm like i you guys like some people are defending it just because they want to defend it other people are just saying ridiculous shit about it and the only ones I was looking for were people who were legit, legitimately like, ah, "Gameplay is okay," like stuff like that. I'm like reading through all these reviews to see which people are actually just like, "Yeah, it's it's decent gameplay." And I actually found a few that were just, you know, it's just because the character was darker toned. And I went, oh, "I'm just gonna report this. I'm gonna report this as inappropriate. It's an it's an inappropriate or an inappropriate review. You you didn't need to make it about this. You could have said anything else that could have been bad about the game. And if the game wasn't was was good." Regardless of this fact that you don't care for for this change that they the developer made, then you have no complaint. You have no real complaint because the game's not about just the person's being race. To be outraged, yeah, the game's not about the person's race. So why are you out? Why are you pissed off? It's not the way. That, it's not how that person identifies themselves. It's not their main trait. So it's just kind of ridiculous. Anyways, moving on. One last thing to review and to bring up. Sorry, it's going long, but. We have to talk about Destiny. So Destiny has the Solstice event going on. We forgot to talk about it last week. But since then, Miles and I have had a, a lot more time with it. And we've gotten our armor up to the final steps. And I already vented about this with a group. And uh, had a good talk with our good friend Steve. And the thing that drives me nuts is when Bungie creates this laundry list of stuff to do. And... While I'm okay with the grind uh, for a lot of things this is grind some of this was grind to excess just excessive grind does not make for an enjoyable enjoyable experience it's not fun and Bungie still clear, clearly currently struggles from understanding what the difference between creating enjoyable gameplay and enjoyable experience with grind versus difficulty and this is something miles has pointed out to me multiple times that Anyone who runs games as a service in an MMO style game has this problem. It's not unique to just Bungie. No. But you'd hope that Bungie would be able to crack the code, kind of figure things out. And I think I've been thinking about this. And I think the thing that they really need to do is, especially for this like Solstice event, there should be at least options, two to three options per armor set or per, per piece. And it should be options based off of, do you like PVP? Do you like PVE? Which do you like going for more? And if you like PvE, then this is the thing you do. If you like PvP, then this is the thing to do. And I feel like this is especially prevalent uh, absolutely on the final step. The final step for the armor, in order to make it masterworked, requires you to do... There's two things that are just asinine as a PvE player. Trials of Osiris. Many of us are not good enough to play in Trials of of Osiris. (laughs) And they require seven wins in Trials of Osiris. It's doable. Listeners, I'm not going to say it's impossible. It's absolutely doable. You might be going for a lot of rounds, and there are don't, this is the thing that most uh, players completely kind of ignore. And when I say most players, I'm talking about the elite, the assholes of Destiny, the the douchebags that I see on forums who just tell people to get good or that they're whining and you know they need to shut the fuck up because this isn't for them. I just want to slap the shit out of them in real life. Just tell them, shut the fuck up. You're a piece of shit, and you know you're a piece of shit. I had one guy, I talked about the fact that Trials of Osiris shouldn't be the main thing. They should really change it. They say, oh, well, the matchmaking is based off cards. It is. It's absolutely based off the cards. But the problem is, is, if somebody prestiges in that, their card resets. So you're now playing against somebody who's already reset their card, and they are a master level person. That means that you're playing against somebody who's better than you are instantaneously if you're on zero for your card, and they're on zero for their card now. That doesn't sound balanced, does it? That sounds like a bunch of bullshit. Why should I be playing against this person? It's like the time that Miles and I played against a guy who literally was playing against us in hand efficiency of a 28.0. That means for every time he died, he killed twenty-eight people. He's the John Wick of Destiny. Like, think about that. Why is this guy in a Why is this guy in a game with any of us? That makes no fucking sense. So, you think Trials of Osiris is going to be any better? Mm, no, not really. The only thing that we have to hope for is that there's enough people trying to go after this armor that we end up facing against the people who are nor- more normal players. So that's why I say it's it's doable. You might be sitting there sp- spending four hours to try and get three to four wins, but you're still going to be able to do it eventually. The one that feels asinine is, and I've had plenty of players also tell say that, oh, it should be a higher level. But the one that says Master Nightfall, a lot of us aren't at 1080 yet. We just don't have the time to put into the game to be at 1080. Uh, We also play other things. So when you have other players going, it should be grandmaster level because they're fucking douchebags and they're just good at everything. Well, you make up less than 2% of the entire population of Destiny. And you think it should be at your level all the time. You're the asshole that shows up and thinks that the only version of a game that should exist is god levels i used to play god of war all the time i was so good at god of war that i could play god of war 2 on god mode without dying the entire game could you imagine me telling everybody else who plays god of war the only version of the game that you should be allowed to play is god mode doesn't that sound fucking ludicrous doesn't that sound stupid that sounds like an elitist mentality of somebody who can't get past their own importance and thinks that everybody should be at their level. That just sounds
1: dumb. I mean, that's an okay opinion to have if, you know, you're unemployed. And this is all you do with your time. You know, some people have jobs. Yeah. And go outside.
0: I don't have time to get... I don't, I don't really have... Listeners, I don't really have time to go and get good. My, my clanmates don't have time to go and get good. So... Why should we be forced in order to get just an armor set that in reality, when I'm done with this and it becomes masterwork, it's not going to be nearly as good as the set I already have. Not even fucking close, but it is something to do. It's an activity I can finish. It's an activity I can play with my friends. So I do it. Right. And then the last step is, oh, you have to go and get a mastery nightfall. Uh, when, when I tried that at 1072 with another group, it wasn't happening. We just weren't doing damage. It just wasn't happening didn't matter what guns we brought in. We just weren't able to do anything about it. So I'm only at 1075 now. You, do you think I'm still going to be able to do that? Like, that just seems like an asinine quest. And what's funny is the other, the other quests that involve the other, the other pieces of armor are a fucking joke. Do one nightmare hunt. Okay, that's a fucking cakewalk. Do altars of Sorrow, cakewalk. These are easy things. But then you have Trials of Osiris. Well, that's not so much a cakewalk. What if I'm a solo player and I don't have friends to play with? What if I don't have a clan to go in with? What if I can't find two other players to go in there with me in LFG? Well, then I have to. you're asking me to go and use paid services now? There's no matchmaking in Trials. That's a stupid requirement. You should feel ashamed of yourself for doing that. Again, completely out of touch with your main community. You're listening to a 2% of your full community going, what should we do? And they're going, oh, you need to make things harder. You need to make things more difficult. You need to make, do this, do that. And you're listening to them because you think that 2% pays your bills? That sounds stupid to me. And then you have the Master Nightfall and you have tons of gamers who are sitting there going, I'm not at high enough level to do this. I work. I don't have, I, like, I know, I have friends who aren't, aren't even close to our level who couldn't do this. Would be impossible for them to do this. And they're not going to be able to do it before the event ends. So why is this a requirement? This should be something that's somewhat obtainable for the people who aren't at our level. I can guarantee you the gear that's going to drop for miles for this, it's not going to be nearly as good as the stuff he already has. No. Not even close. Most of my
2: stuff is 100 point plus. Yeah. On stat. And we're lucky if we get anything above like a 63. Yay.
0: Yeah, even, even when you put an extra mod on there to boost it up, it's not going to be high enough.
2: Might, might get up to 80 or maybe even 90.
0: Yeah, my hunter has three close. pieces of gear that are over 100 in stats. I've got three pieces of gear that are masterworked on her. I have two pieces of gear that are almost masterworked. I'm working on those. And so even if, these, the, even if these new pieces of gear were masterworked, they still wouldn't be anything close to what I currently have. But it was something fun to do. I shouldn't say fun. It was something to was, do. It was an accomplishable task. <laughs> yeah. With my clanmates. So I'm that. like, all right, well, I'll do that. But then to have this kind of requirement for people, and I want to say, like, there are plenty of solo players aren't going to ever be able to do this. Why? Because they can't do the Master Nightfall because there's no matchmaking in it. Yeah. So if they're solo players, they don't have any other friends that play Destiny with them. As sad as that sounds, there are plenty of them out there because they don't have time to have friends on Destiny. They don't have time to dedicate to it like that.
3: Some people just play video games so they can escape reality. Bingo. Yep.
0: So also kills off for new years. Why uh, new create? User base. Why create these two steps that are, for some people, literally impossible, for them to accomplish? I want to have a meeting with Bungie and say, look, your game has a like still has shit tons of potential, but you guys keep doing the wrong things. You keep taking the wrong steps. If you want to create gear that requires people to be elitists and be able to do that, you create gear that is only available in the grand master and only available in prestige rage. Oh wait, you already have that. Hello. Why are you doing this with an event? That's for everyone. I get that some people want to be able to play PVP in order to accomplish things. Okay. Then you need to give us choice. You need to say you need to do this. That's a PVE or you need to do this. That's a PVP. But then with the PVE and the PVP, you don't make it so astronomically stupid that not everybody can accomplish it. The seven wins. If you want seven wins. Okay. Tell them to go into survival where it's actually match made and is like is like trials of Osiris. Tell them to win seven matches on that. How you could make it a stipulation where they have to win four in a row. That'd be a pain in the ass and it would suck, but it would still get people to play it. But no, you create something that says, "Oh, you have to go play Trials of Osiris because we don't have enough people in Trials of Osiris because nobody wants to fucking play it." You're just forcing people to play a mode they don't want to play. It's just dumb. Listeners, this just is when I get reminds
2: me of the uh the joke mission on uh, Borderlands 2 for you get from Claptrap, you know, collect 140,000 <laughs> brown rocks. <laughs> yeah. And the eye of the world eater and
0: (laughs) yeah listeners this is when i get frustrated with destiny uh and Bungie in general of the fact that when they come up with things that just don't make sense it doesn't make sense to do this and isolate a giant portion of your gamer base When you've done, they've done so well with certain uh, like newer exotics where they give you choice of you can either do this or you can do this. Where you have things like, oh, you can compete in Nightfall. You can compete. Like I I love the fact that when we have, uh, when we go after Umbrals, it actually gives you the choice of you can do uh, nightmare hunts. You can do this. You can do that. Like it's giving options to your gamers. That's the way all of your stuff should be. That's the way your events should be held. That's how your events should work. That's how everything should work. So when you brought back the Solstice, essentially all you did was bring back what you already had. And instead of making the changes that you've currently made in newer events, you just kept the old system. And it just makes me go, you guys haven't learned a fucking thing. And I know you have, but you just didn't think about it when you came to this. You just saw an easy an easy fix, an easy way to make the, make the current events go longer because you had to delay. And I respect the fact that you had to delay. I'm grateful for the fact that you delayed because... Hopefully that means we're getting a better experience in the future. Absolutely hope for. I really do. I still don't agree with closing off old locations, but I'm hoping for a better, you know, better experience. Enough of my rant. I'm going to get off my goddamn soapbox. We're going to close this out. Unless you guys have anything, anything else to bring up.
2: We would be remiss if we didn't mention uh, black myth. Wukong.
0: Yeah. I
2: forgot about that. Uh, go ahead, Miles. You talk about it. Uh, so Chinese uh, game developer, I, don't remember the name It's coming out with a game called black myth wukong and it it loosely follows the story uh what is it called that's uh, based
0: off a of journey to the west yeah
2: it's basically looks like it's gonna kind of take you through um wukong becoming a you know the monkey king the monkey god yeah um and you know at first when uh when it, i i saw a video of it i was like all right it looks like an okay combat game and then it kept doing more and more and more and more stuff <laughs> that made it look cooler and cooler and cooler uh it looks pretty impressive for you know what they're shooting for especially for a uh, a company that we've never seen anything from i uh, typically we don't get very good uh games if any From China Uh, (laughs) but uh, it I I'm really
0: digging it but it's from China (laughs) yeah that's the thing I was about to bring up I'm glad you said it Um, listeners you should know like we literally don't have any problem with China itself the people their culture nothing the thing that he's bringing up is the fact that it's since it's made in China you still have the CCP their government and, very much has a problem with us. Yeah, their their government has a has a big problem with most of the world, most of the Western world, and they have so much control that they can literally dictate to developers, to program creators, anyone in software that there is, you know, they they ask them to create backdoors for the CCP to get into. And I'm not saying that that's absolutely happening with this because I don't know. But it wouldn't surprise me in the least at all. And it's coming from a independent developer in China. And when we hear independent developer in China, we're thinking, okay, regardless of him being an independent, he still has to deal with his own government in order to sell his product. And his own government can tell him to do whatever they want. They can dictate to him to do whatever whatever they want. Otherwise, he can be found uncooperative and find himself in a re-education camp the game looks awesome. It looks, it starts out looking just like, ah, oh, it's, you know, it looks, it looks pretty good. It looks good for, especially well for a Unreal Engine game, uh, utilizes assets fantastically. And it gets better and better as you, as you watch it, it just looks cooler and cooler, even, even grant more grandiose as it, as it continues on in the demo. And it really does show off, as a in that an indie title can be triple a quality yeah on every level absolutely definitely pushing
2: to show off all you know of his supposed 72 abilities and powers yeah like all right there's a lot going on here as the
0: game goes further and further you know had this uh had this come from a developer based in Taiwan or based in Hong Kong before Hong Kong uh, things have gone down in Hong Kong the way they have I probably would have been a little more open to it uh, especially if it had come from Taiwan uh, because the Taiwanese uh, government has a little more say when it comes to dealing with the CCP but since it is coming from a region that is very much just CCP occupied I have to sit there and go I don't know if I'd want this on my system just say you saw it what did you like what were what were your thoughts
1: it looks awesome if it weren't for the fact that they do put a lot of backdoors into their uh, programs i'd get it.
0: Yeah. It was but- one of the, it was one of the big i know it was one of the big concerns with like League of Leg- Legends because League of Legends is owned primarily by Tencent. Yeah. Uh, people became concerned with that. The only thing that kind of created that uh cushion was the fact that it was being developed by a western company. We don't know if there if there's any backdoors into it. there, they haven't found anything for it, but that became a concern for people just because Tencent owned them. And and that was a Western company. So let's just, if that was a concern with that, should it be more of a concern for anything coming directly from China? Yeah, a little bit. That's a problem. So yeah, hopefully
2: the, hopefully game comes out clean and clear of that kind of undue influence. And, you know, hopefully if it does come out that, that way, that, there's at least English subtitles.
0: <laughs> yeah, and there really, it really would be a uh, sad to not see this game become something greater, uh, especially from someone who uh, apparently a small team made, yeah. and especially for a story that is steeped in a lot of uh, great culture. Uh, you know, I believe the the novel originally was made back in the 16th century. Journey to the West is part of a series of, of uh, books, but Journey to the West itself is one of the most well-known. Out of those, I believe the uh, the other one has to do with uh, 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 what Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Is that it? I read a translation of it years back. It's what enslaved Journey to the West, which was a nin- uh, ninja theory game that was made back on the PS3. That was based off of it loosely. It was a cool game. I actually really enjoyed that story the movie i think it's the uh, the uh the three kingdoms is that it with Jackie chan and jet Li? yeah i think so forbidden kingdom forbidden kingdom uh that one's that I one's loosely that one's loosely based off of the same thing
3: yeah very loosely but still fun so
0: still fun uh it's it's a really cool epic and
3: it's got a phenomenal sound it would be
0: really it would re- be really neat to see how that tran like how that those ideas translate into a video game and those we all love just that we all factor, love the Wukong or, from warframe yeah, so
2: <laughs> ain't nothing to fuck with sorry like, Anderson
3: it's a game I would definitely be into if it just wasn't for the fact that it came out of China yeah that's fair The loose concept of the monkey god gave us lots of great things like one of the biggest things of all time is Dragon Ball Z
0: yeah that is uh, Goku is uh, is heavily based off inspired, of it. heavily yeah.
3: inspired by him and even you go through some of like the older series of Dragon Ball Z or at least the first series Dragon Ball it's a lot of symmetry to it Mm-hmm. So it's a mythology that's heavy on that side of the world that's leaked over to here. Yeah, there's great cultures—that's the thing. That's what our whole world's about: learning each other's cultures, and you can tell it through video games nowadays, yeah. movies, and books.
0: Yeah, America is supposed to be the melting pot. <laughs> so learning more about these things—it's always more welcome. It's—it's always it should be more welcome. We are pro country appropriation. So, Learn about other yeah, cultures. <laughs> yeah, we are the country of appropriation. Yeah. <laughs> Why, why people get pissed off about it, I don't know, but whatever. Uh, so seeing this, this come out, we're like, man, this looks really cool. I really want to play it. Yeah, it's CCP.
3: Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's the negative.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like that. Uh, the, I felt the same way when they talked about that indie developed uh, FPS that's supposed to be coming out that was shown off for the Xbox Series X way back. And it had the hook shot and all that stuff from you know Titanfall, and we first saw it. We we're like, yeah, it looks very CGI. But regardless of it looking very CGI, my first thought was, it's an ind- it's an independent game. But uh, I also heard China <laughs> from China. And I went, yeah. like, is he in China making it? Like, is he in is he in the Philippines? Because we can talk. Uh, is he is he in in Japan? Is he in South Korea? We, we can have a conversation now. If you say he's, he's just from there, but if he's in there making it, then uh, we might have a problem. You know, anybody can be from somewhere. But when you're living directly there and making something, it sometimes can change the story. Anyways, let's just thank you for listening to us. We really do appreciate it. Please go on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Tell your friends about us. It's pretty much the only way we get around. This is Vargo. Josiah. Miles. Anderson. Keep on geeking on.
1: We're out. We got to fucking write something new. Come on.
0: I don't
2: like that. So far, off to a bad start. Better, closer, warmer. That's it. Okay. Now get it on. I'm shooting my juice uh, Right in your caboose Now
1: fucking get it on
2: TNT. and t